there. Welcome to Hello. Date Fight. It's the show that takes great moments that occurred on this day in history and pitches them against each other. He's Jacob. I'm Nat Tapley. And together we have taken two historical rabbits from the hutch of time and are watching them breed. Oh, no. I don't want to know. I don't want to know. Yeah. I'm going to take you to the 8th of March, 1654, in which John Casor becomes the first person to be declared a slave in America. Oh. He had said he was an indentured servant, and he went to his master, who incidentally was Anthony Johnson, who was uh, what they called at the time a free black himself, and he was indentured to him. And after seven years, he went to Johnson and said, well, I've been indentured for seven or eight years. That must be my time done. I'm just going to go now. Is that okay? And at that point, they were meant to give you your indenture back so you could, you know, you were no longer bound to them. In fact, most people got to America by being indentured servants because they would pay for your travel and your house and then you exchange that for working for someone for a few years. Oh, like modern slavery. Yeah, pretty much. And so he said... So nothing's changed? Almost nothing. Um, I'm not sure they use actually heavy chains as much now, but I don't know. I'm not in the slavery trade anymore. Not since that. <laughs> they do in your mind. Anyway, so John Cazor said, um, right, I've done my indentured servitude. I'm off. See you later. And Anthony Johnson went, no, uh, you're actually mine forever now. And he went, no, that's not even a thing. Uh, what? No. Uh, can I see the piece of paper by which this happened? And Anthony Johnson said, um, I lost it. I had it here, but I've lost it. It's somewhere. No, you can't. You can't see it. Uh, I've definitely got it, but you can't see it. So John... Have you got it on an email or anything? Is it on a... <laughs> Let me just check. Oh, I must have put it in the... Um, the text. Went into that folder. The uh, Google Mail's put it somewhere. Spam box. Uh, yeah. I'll tell you what, I'll, 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 I'll send oh, it to you. No. I'll, I'll forward it on to you later on. Uh, so he went off and he went... John Casel worked for someone else. And then uh, Anthony Johnson sued his new... Uh, his new master who had indentured himself to again and said no you can't have him he was mine and they went to court and the court said for the first time actually no he does belong to Anthony Johnson and can belong to him forever because slaves are a thing that there can be and he owns you so that's what's happening to you now there had previously been the case of John Punch about 15 years earlier who had run away from his indentured servitude with two white servants as well all three of them ran away um, the two white servants had four years added to their indentured servitude, but John Punch was made to have indefinite indentured servitude, essentially to be a slave for the rest of his life. Uh, but this was the first time John Case thought it happened not as a punishment. It was just, that's just the way it is. You're not being punished for anything. You are just a slave. Anthony Johnson's quite interesting. He came as a black indentured servant in 1619, but by 1623 he'd paid off his indenture and completed his servitude, and he was free. He became the first African landowner in the colony of Virginia and ended up having 250 acres, at which point he brought five more indentured servants over, including John Casor. Wow. Um, and John Casor then, about seven years after that, said, can I go now? And he went, nope. And that's why he, John Casor became the first person to be legally declared a slave in the 13 colonies of America. You know how, like, once a fortnight, yeah. uh, internet browsers go, no, no, spring <laughs> clean, we're going to shut all your yes. tabs down and they're all going forever. Oh, no. You know that? That happened today. So I've been trying to find some extremely obscure web pages. Uh, but mm. I would like to wish all of our listeners... Yes. A very happy International Women's Day. 
celebrated on the 8th of March every year. Uh, my parents once were on holiday in Italy and uh, the guy doing the tour on the bus said, I want to say a very happy Ladies' Day <laughs> and uh, very nice to celebrate with some flowers. You know, maybe uh, maybe do well, the washing I mean, up. It's, good cause it's been celebrated for a long time in golf clubs and things. Ladies' Day has been there <laughs> for many, many years. Uh, yeah, so yeah, absolutely yeah, yeah, the same. Yeah, yeah. There is no difference. If you're wondering how it all came about, mm. so a woman called Teresa Malkiel was head of the Women's National Committee of the Socialist Party of America. Mm. And they established this uh, a long time ago. It actually started in 1917 in, in Russia mm-hmm. with the uh, revolution. Yeah. And it became a national holiday there. And then it got adopted by the feminist movement in 1967. And then the United Nations took it on in 1975. Uh, but uh, Teresa Malkiel was... Uh, pretty cool. She was Russian-born, but she was an American Labour activist. She was a suffragist, and she was the first woman to come out of factory work into leadership of the Socialist Party. Mm. And she wrote a novel in 1910 called The Diary of a Shirtwaist Striker. And it's credited with helping to reform New York State labour laws. And uh, it's also very hard to find online if your (laughs) web browser has suddenly (laughs) shut down for no reason. But I quite like the style of it. Here's the opening line of it. Mm. November 23rd, 1909. Ha! 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 That's a joke! (laughs) By Jove it is. I'm a striker. I wonder what Jim will have to say to this. I must say, I really don't know why I became one. It sounds like a sort of 1950s... Oh, well. It does sound like a 50s Lorks and 60s. Mercy. Yeah. I must say, I really don't know why I became one. I went down just because everybody else in the workroom did. <laughs> but it's good. It's very well written. And it has, you know, like, the next paragraph starts with, oh, pshaw, pshaw. <laughs> I like a pshaw. I love that. It's very... Uh, George Bernard pshaw. Nice, <laughs> nicely vernacularly written stuff. Oh, well, I'll have to read that. If there's a website... Which... Happy Ladies' Day, and uh, <laughs> we can't linger too long, can we, Nat? Because we've got to go and treat them right, get some chocolates. Yep. Gin and slimline for the lady. Not too many. We don't want them getting fat. That's right, Nat. you got it. <laughs> <laughs> we don't like the fatties. They, they don't listen to oh, this, Oh, God, do shoot me in the head. Please shoot me in the head. I'm begging you. Happy birthday to... <laughs> I'm going to do the birthdays. Happy birthday to Kenneth yes. Graham, who wrote Wind in the Willows, which has had many, many great adaptations, uh, not including the 1993 misfire Wind in the Hood, starring Gary Wilmot as MC Ratty, wow. Wincy Willis and Rusty oh, Lee no. as No, I've got Weasel. to see that. I've got to see exist. that. I've, ma- I've made it up. It doesn't exist. Oh, man, I, I absolutely believed I you. I have John Leslie as Ice Toad. This- <laughs> That's so all good. about the green. I feel like we need to make that. Do you reckon John Leslie will still work? Yeah, he, he's available, isn't he? <laughs> There's a nightclub owner called Ice Toad who sings all about the green. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to know where the poop poop comes in. I've got no. a death for you, 2003. Oh. Adam Faith completely passed me by. I think I was in the United States at the time. Yes, I was. Uh, he was, of course, the famous uh, singer who sang... And in 1961, he did a film called What a Whopper <laughs> with Sid James, Spike Milligan, Wilfred Bramble, 
and Carol Leslie. This sounds exactly like the one I just made up. <laughs> it's insane. I know. It was written by Terry Nation and it had what? music by John Barry. He invented the Daleks. I know. And uh, John Barry, who did the Bond music. And it was all about the Loch Ness Monster. <laughs> was it called Nessie? Exclamation mark. Oh, no, what a whopper. Of course. <laughs> I've, got, I've got to see it. I'm dying to see it. I'm going to find it. And we we're going to watch it together. Um, but do you know what he ended up doing in the 80s? No. He became a financial advisor. What? And in 1986, he was hired as a journalist on finance by the Daily Mail and the Mail on Sunday. What? Was he friends with Nick Leeson? Well, he might as well be because he put tons of his money into a UK television station called Money Channel. Oh dear. The channel shut down in June 2002 mm. and Faith was declared bankrupt owing 32 million pounds. What? What? Funny how that's he died amazing. the next year. <laughs> well, that's Michael well, you... Winner said, "Oh, he's the re- I've lost a lot of money because of <laughs> him. He's a terrible man, and this burger tastes very nice." Didn't know Alex Lowe was a friend of his. Um... <laughs> <laughs> you shut your mouth. <laughs> Weirdly, that, but I think that must have been around the period my wife did a show with a TV show with Adam Faith. Mm. I'm, I'm going to go and ask her right now if she's got the Adam Faith story. Yes. Hang on. Hold on. Okay. Call yeah, her. get her on, get her on. I can't tell the Gordon get her on. Do you want to talk about it on the show, Zoe? Uh, there's not much on is nothing happened. I've yeah. got literally nothing. She's but that sounds nothing. quite funny in its own <laughs> right. <laughs> make something up. <laughs> Let's really build it up. Uh, It'll be really funny. Yeah. So I yeah. gather you've got a fairly seismic story about Adam Faith. <laughs> um, how about no? Oh. Uh, no, I mean, it, it, it's not seismic really it's uh it's it's just it's just sort of meeting him and working with him on one day uh on, on a channel four program back in 1997 i think it was and it was called uh dosh of course it was it was the 90s dosh and i had to play a bride oh uh i can't remember what i had to do I, all i remember is getting dressed up in a in a wedding dress and sort of mooching about a house Adam Faith was presenting it. Essentially. Wow! So. And did you? Was this before you'd met Nat? It's currently available on DVD from BFI. Oh yes, years before yeah. we met Do in two thousand four. Was that the first so time you'd is, worn yeah. a wedding dress? Yeah, it was quite exciting. Actually, I went, oh, look, yeah. look what it could be. Yeah. Uh, but um, yeah, he just he just sort of wandered around presenting uh, the show, and we had to act some stuff out. Me and some random bloke, don't know who he was. Um, nice. And you've continued that tradition to this day. <laughs> Absolutely have, yeah, which is nice. So, that's, yeah, that's it really on Adam. Brilliant. But he was a nice geezer. Nice. Nice bloke. Yeah. Nice bloke. yeah. 32 million in yeah. debt. Brilliant. See you soon. Bye. 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 Bye-bye. I mean, after that bombshell. Th- this is the kind of moving and shaking <laughs> stuff that happens on this podcast all the time, if you haven't heard it before. Yeah, I mean, he started the Money Channel. I just found out was, because I don't listen on my wife talks, I go and look on the internet, obviously. Um, <laughs> I found an article from the 3rd of November 2000 when Adam Faith was forced to step down from the Money Channel board. Amazing. He had to step down as exec director of the Money Channel because its pre-tax losses were 4.8 million in six months. Stupendous. Well done. That's it for Date Fight for today. We'll be back, as always, tomorrow with more. Bye. Join us. Bye.